listen to listen to a couple of the podcasts after you'd said me wardies. So uh, listen to Campy's audience with Campy, wasn't it? I thought it was oh, after a series. series, mate. Mate, the guy, unbelievable. I, I, you can talk. I listen to both Campy's and then I listened to Bryce's uh, last night. To be fair, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, Campy was good. Campy was. Good. I wouldn't tell him, right? But he was good. Campy was. Um, Talk Derby to me once again. We're back with a um, Derby lad, a football, for, former footballer, current footballer. He's, I don't know, we'll, we'll find out whether he's still a, a current footballer when we talk to him. But I've just said to him, I, I never make notes for these, and uh, but I've had to today because I'm going to read out his clubs. So Chris Beardsley's with us, he's former Mansfield, Worksop, Doncaster, Kidderminster, Mansfield, Rushton and Diamonds, York, Kettering, Kidderminster, Stevenage, Preston, Bristol Rovers. Mansfield Town and Burton Albion. Have I missed anything? I don't think so, mate. No wonder Wikipedia is struggling for money. <laughs> I've used most of my data looking at that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, that, what a brilliant career. That is a proper lower league merry-go-round, isn't it? <laughs> Got back on and off a couple of times. Um, oh. Yeah. It was it was 95% enjoyable all the way through. Um it's some it's some twenty years to be fair, um, but yeah, I've, uh, I've lived the dream as 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 the saying goes. Every kid wants to be a footballer, and and it, it's it's been good fun. So a derby lad, where did it all start for you, football wise? So where about in derby from, and how did you how did you first get involved? Um, uh, I'm an Oakwood lad. Um, well, it was Bred's little top Stoke Oakwood back in the day. Um, I went to Bredsville Village School. Um, so Bredsville Village School, and I went in 1988 at about 100 pupils. Really? Um, it was about 100 kids, so you had about 10 to 12 kids in your year. That was it. So you can imagine if the ratio was split. I think in my year we had eight lads, four girls. Um, and I played for the village school from being like four or five, playing under 11s football at four or five. Um, I was that young. Um, my mum had to come on the minibus to games because, like, obviously, I was in like year two, playing the year sixes, mate. Um, and and it started there. Um, I played. I played for the school team for well, from about five five to eleven. So I played for five six years. Um, it was proper. You imagine? I say old school, but you imagine you played fifteen twenty minutes before school, fifteen twenty minutes at morning morning break. 45 minutes at lunch, you had an afternoon break where you played again. It was just football, football, football. It was mad. For a little village school, we had some good little players. We played our games on a Saturday morning. So we'd play the likes of proper established mm. um, local football teams. Uh, 11 aside, we played at Brookside School um, down in the village. I think it's gone now. Um, they had a pitch up there, a pitch that had wooden goalposts, wooden square goalposts. You wouldn't get that through health and safety nowadays, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't get a square goal post on a pitch, mate. But like, I, I thought back, like, it was like, at that time, it was like my mecca. This pitch, mate, on top of a hill in a village. It was like my playground that every Saturday morning I got to play on with like the big kids. Um, and, I, you know, I played there. Um, of course, we were in Erewash. We played a lot of teams from Ilkeston, Heenaway. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you play lads from all over. Um some of them lads 
we've I've obviously I played five or six years with them uh, and played cricket with them in the summer. It was it was just proper little village village atmosphere. Some of them boys are still playing still playing cricket now all summer. Um, some of them have some of them have followed me followed me you know with my career come to games you know the highs and the lows. So yeah, it's, it was good times, a great start. Um, but yeah, that little pitch on the top of on top of uh, Brookside Road was where it all started, mate. And it was uh, it was great. It was it was as you'd imagine a village school to be. Everyone knew everyone, um, and I was like I was just a, I was like the little the little footballer kid that that played <laughs> played with the big boys early on. Um, but it it held me in good stead. It was like I was play, playing with 10, 11 year olds at, at that age. Um, I just learned how to handle myself in the environment, and um, and it, it was good. And later on, obviously, it, the eleven side dropped away a bit, and we had a proper five-a-side league. I think all primary schools had it for a couple of years because yeah, we. Remember, yeah. It was quite. It was quite big. It was like national thing, primary primary school five-a-side league, and again we played. Um, we played out because we're in Arrowwash again. We played out at Hina. And there were some good little players out there that obviously a couple of lads ended up at Forest. Um, um, and, uh, it was tough, competitive, and you'd get you'd go there for like uh, one evening a week, and you'd play three or four games. It was a league system. Um, it was it was good, and the little right up in the green and yeah. you got two goals. Um, so yeah, that that's how it started off, mate, as a as a sort of as a junior. And then I think obviously Campy spoke on his podcast. About us being, we played in Micklover for two years together. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, being out of the area, I couldn't play for Derby Boys. Oh, of course, yeah. So, um, I couldn't play for Derby Boys when all them boys were playing at primary school. So, like under tens and elevens, I wasn't, I wasn't eligible to play. I think they tried, they once tried to get it through where I lived. Yeah. So, because I was, because I was, I lived up, I lived up, up the hill in Oakwood. They tried to get it through, but. It wasn't. It wasn't going. I was. I was. I was air washing. That was it. So I had to wait till I went to secondary school to play for Derby Boys. Um, uh, I had two year, two years at Micklover Sports under 11s, under 12s. Um, again, played with some good good lower uh, local footballers. Um, Micklover Sports wasn't the club it is nowadays. It was like just starting out. Mm. So I think we might have been the first junior team I ever had. Really. Yeah, I'm sure it was about about yeah ninety four ninety five was about the first time we had a junior team. Um, we had two year, two years there. Obviously, come up against Chesapeake and and all the Chad boys. And really, I should have been playing for Chesapeake on, on location. But um, again, for some reason, you know, I joined sports and it was great. Good two years. So where that where the, the ground is now, um, the car park at the back at the grass car park. That's where we trained. Under floodlights, like proper seven aside games, the long, the long goals that are about four foot high. Yeah, um, and it was class, mate. Absolutely sludged up to the eyeballs as an eleven-year-old getting back in the car. Brilliant. Your old man was well happy. <laughs> and then, and then Derby County was that? Did that come off the back of, of playing for sports? No, it come off. It actually come off going to start getting in at Derby Boys. Okay, so. Um, as soon as I left, as soon as I left Bedford Village School, went to Woodlands. I was eligible, so went down for trials at. I don't know if it still exists now. Uh, sort of, 
back of Ben Rose's four pitches. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's where like Derby Boys Trials was that year. Obviously, New Campy, I'd played with Campy um, under 11s. A lad called A.D. Evans, who was the manager's son, was at Derby, Derby Boys at the time. Went down to the trials. First day, the manager of the under 12s that year wasn't there. A guy called Roy Bishop. Like, absolute. Everyone in Derby will know Roy Bishop. Um, he wasn't there the first day. And I'm thinking, God, like, first day at trials, I'm not there. He's not there, it's manager. Um, did okay first day, felt like I did well. The other coach that was there, second day, obviously told Roy, oh, this is, this is the lad there. So I made my mum wash the same, the kit I turned up for on the same day, she washed it. And I went back in the same same kit the next day to make sure I was recognisable. Honestly, mate, I'm not forgetting. Why, what, or what? Can you remember the Derby kit? The Derby kit, the white Puma Derby kit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it was that training kit. It was like a white Puma training kit with white shorts, white socks. I was thinking I've got to, like, got to be recognisable second day because the manager wasn't there. Turned up second day. Anyway, got in. Um, uh, played. I think we played two or three years, Derby boys. Um, so, played, so, again, top lads. So when you go back over the team, there's probably five or six that played professionally. Um, ju- just just in my, my age. Uh, obviously, Campy's had top career at the championship level. Chrissy, Chrissy Palmer played um, champ and dropped down the leagues. Um, who else would have been in that team? Um, Jimmy Turner played at Derby with us, Derby County, and then obviously he played a bit in non-league. So we had some good players, some good players, good, good, good lads that went to J- a lad called Jamie Pawley. Um, yeah, yeah, I played with Jamie Pawley at Boris Vicks. So Jamie, Jamie, me and Jamie... Uh, same same school, same school year. So we played, we, me and him played um, school football together and district, mate. He was some player like 12, 13, 14. He was, he was like as talented as you'd come, two footer. I used to love playing with him because he was, cause he was just one of them lads that was on my wavelength. Um, so yeah, Jay went to Villa. I think Jay had about six, six, seven years at Villa. Won the FA Youth Cup, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he was in, he was in, he was in the, I don't know if it was Stefan or Luke Moore squad that won the won the FA Cup, uh, Youth Cup. Yeah, so we had some good players around, and um, our team wasn't bad. We had at that point it was like scouts were going to district games, so every Saturday morning, wherever you were in the country, there'd be scouts there. Um, Derby was one of the first ones to approach me, but in all honesty, I didn't want to didn't want to go anywhere else. Mm. Like so. Uh, I think I could have could have gone on trial at Forest. I think Forest, Coventry, Villa, um, the two Sheffield clubs, and then a little bit later Manchester United and Leeds looked at me at about under thirteen. But by that point, I'd I'd gone to Derby. I was in at Derby, um, and playing predominantly right wing centre forward at the time. Um, wasn't particularly big. Wasn't you know? It was just just average height, size. Um, was okay speed wise, but um, I was pretty game, pretty game early on. Probably from my grounding at primary school, I'd had, I'd been you know I'd been kicked about a bit, um, and that was it, mate. Within about two or three months, I was at Derby, training at Rainsway twice a week. Under twelves, they didn't have a team, so you didn't didn't represent Derby. You just played in. Like yeah, they do it now at academy level, like nine aside games, seven yeah. aside games. 
Um, so first time I ever played for Derby County was against Forest at Forest Training Ground. Nine aside game at Forest, that was it, yeah. Um, scored two headers. So you imagine like, I don't know what it'd have been. I'd have been 11, maybe 12. Yeah. And 11, 12 year olds don't score headers, do they? Okay. So I scored two headers, so straight away, I'm just kicking head the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, someone else that stood out. Played a couple more of them nine aside games and then I think Campy speaks about it in his podcast about how the selection went, mate. Joe Summers. Most, like, when you look back now, if you did that now, someone at the FA would be bringing you up and going, what is going off here? Like, you, know, like, you know what they're like now? The parents want a full yeah. game on why they're getting released and why they're staying and strengths and weaknesses. This was nothing <laughs> like that. This was like, there was a group of lads and he was picking a squad of 15 out of them. He was like, you there, you there, you there. Like, you're basically, you're staying and you're going and that was it. It was like, put this team together, this squad, and we were dotted from all over, like different schools, areas. Some of us played district together, some of us, some of us were out in the district. Uh, first game, Cambridge United away on a Sunday morning. It was number 13, mate. I'm thinking, wow. I'm used to going, furthest I've been is Balvin Trent, mate. That's not <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm used to getting up, watching match of the day, if I didn't watch it the night before getting Weetabix, Mars Bar, Lucas Aid, and going down, going down Barrow. <laughs> Trent, playing for sports club. Um, um, and that was it, mate. Cambridge, Cambridge away, first one, up. And then I was there for, well, I was there five years in total, four years playing, playing in, as a schoolboy. Um, but in the time, mate, the club just, just rocketed. It just took off from where it was, mate. It went from, what is now the championship to like top Premier League outfit and the Jim Smith. Um, obviously, they moved from the baseball ground to Pride Park. They they went from Rainsway. In the end, they went from Rainsway to, to Moor Farm. It was just mental, mate, how quick it took off. It went from a centre of excellence to an academy. It went from playing with lads from Symphon to playing with lads from Uruguay. It was just like, it just went mad. It was just, it just, it was good to be there. It was great. We went from training twice a week to three times a week in a game. It just ramped up. We were like, you were like mini professionals at like 14, 15. Some, some good players in, in and around it. Um, so what what age was it when you left Derby then? Did you, I don't know what the thing was. Was it scholarship still then or was it like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just turning into scholarships. I think I think scholarships come in nineteen ninety nine. I left yeah. Derby like early two thousand. So yeah. scholarships were up and running. But I look back now and I didn't didn't understand the, the magnitude or the size of the club that Derby was because it was I'd been I'd grew up in Derby. Dad's a Derby fan. Brothers a Derby fan. Like I I was a Derby fan. I played for Derby. I played for the district. I played for the county. That's all I knew. I was like, oh, in my head, it'd be great to go somewhere else, play for someone else to experience. But didn't understand like where I was and, and the infrastructure that was in place and basically just the size, the size of the club. It's a one-city club. It's huge. Like it's you know, it's, it's, it's a, one of the one-offs in the country. A one-city club as big as Derby. So maybe fifteen, sixteen. That was probably lost on me a little bit. I was like, it'd be great to go and play up at Scunthorpe or somewhere like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, it'd be great to get away from home for two years and live in digs and have a party when I wanted to. I was like, I was a little bit, a little bit blase. Um, 
and t- towards the end, the uh, end of fifteen season did really well. Sixteen season, I, I knew I wasn't I wasn't good enough to go go on a derby. I could tell that even even though I underperformed, I wasn't I hadn't grown. I wasn't massive. wasn't particularly quick by this point. Um, and you, you need we always I always say now when we're recruiting like you need one like top physical attribute that's going to carry you through. So I left Derby, but I remember coming out of the meeting at baseball ground and my mum was like, um, are you upset? I was like, nah, not upset at all. And I had no doubt in my mind I was going to be a footballer. I had no wow. doubt in my mind I was good enough to be a footballer. I had no doubt I wasn't going to be a professional. It was like, just that was, this was just like, yeah, I'm leaving Derby to go somewhere else. Mm. Um, and then, <laughs> I don't know if you can remember, can you remember the old Rodman, Rodman's like, uh, football books yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it has every detail in the world in it. Yeah. So I, for some reason at the time, I think my dad might have gone out and bought one. So like my dad didn't put any pressure on me being a footballer. Yeah. So he'd like come to a game, not say anything, watch the game, we'd go home. That's it never we never he'd never critique the game. We'd never talk about good things, bad things. Um just just ever so, you know how some parents are they're playing the game for the kids, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, like PlayStation football, and they're like they're living the dream for the kids. It wasn't like that at all. He was like he was he was chilled about it. So anyway, he's got this Rodman's book. Right, so local clubs ticked him off, got the contact details, and you have my get on the phone, Dad. Let's get me some trials. Um, so I got some trials through that. But at the time, you had to go to Lily Shore for exit trials. Yes, yeah. so you get released. And you all go to Lee Shore the same day, um, playing these games, and these kids from all over the country come and play. Um, so a, a lad called, I remember Cleveland, Cleveland Taylor come on it with me. So Cleveland had ended up having a really good career. He got released by Derby, Leicester lad. Um, he ended up going to Bolton Wanderers, Scunny, played for Burton. So he's, he's, he's again, he's done, he's done League One and Two. He's now managing Corn, actually, because I've seen him every week. Really? So he stayed in and around the game, yeah. So Cleve, Cleve was with me at the Mexico trials. Um, Johnny Brown, a uh, lad from Benediction. There was a couple other boys. I think Matt Jackson, an Ecuadorian boy at the time. I think there were six or seven of us. We were playing with lads from all over. I got one club come back to me, and I thought I played well, and it was Huddersfield. Now, Huddersfield at the time um, were on the verge of the Premier League. So again, really? this is totally me. I'm 16. I think that's great. I go Huddersfield, live in Huddersfield for a couple of years, do my scholarship. So I get the letter on a Saturday morning, and this was like quite typical of me at the time. I was like 100 mile an hour. I was like, right, ring them up. I'll play from tomorrow. I'll play for Huddersfield's 16 tomorrow. Anyway, so I think my dad, my dad gets in touch with them. Like they're away at Everton. Um, Everton are like top top schoolboy top academy obviously you've seen who they've produced over the years you know they were just rolling them out and um, they actually had the England captain playing for the under 16s that day a lad called Schumacher mm-hmm. uh, played lower league anyway yeah right I've got myself who played in this game at Everton away so I get up to Everton I'm absolutely knackered I'm exhausted we've left Derby at 6 o'clock to get up to, to Liverpool to play this game for Huddersfield I, I was absolutely knackered first 20 minutes I was fine did okay and then I just my legs went I was shattered 
Um, so that was it. One trial from the exit trials. I blew it. Got back in the car and my mum went, do you think you should go to sixth form, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I saw her, but I basically went, F off, mum. I'm not going yeah. to sixth form. Don't, don't even say that. Like, cause, uh, as well, as a parent, like, look, I've got kids now. You don't want to see, you don't want to see your kids go through setbacks. You don't want to see them go through sort of like rejection. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I was like, nah, I'm go, don't worry about it. So in the meantime, I'd been on trials at Mansfield, Chesterfield, Lincoln. I played for Warsaw. I'd done quite well at Warsaw, scored. Went to, went to Lincoln, told him I'm my centre forward, ended up playing centre mid for Lincoln away at Chesterfield. It was just like, it was, you can imagine these trial games. It was just all over the place. I was like, what's going off here? Anyway. Sort itself out. Played for Mansfield in a, in a proper organised trial game where it was like two teams of trialists at field at, at, um, Mansfield Stadium. I don't know if you've ever been to Mansfield Stadium, but there's like yeah. a grass grass pitch next to it. Yeah, up on the hill. Right. This it's not. I say a pitch. It wasn't. It was just like a piece of grass, mate. Makes Chad Park look like Wembley. <laughs> Honestly. Um, anyway, played in the game. Scored in the first game. Um, manager at the time, Stuart, the youth team manager Stuart Watkins said, um, "Going to invite you back to play in our youth team." So their youth team was like, "I'm 16, still not physically massive, playing an under 19 game for Mansfield youth team against Wrexham. Again, back on that top pitch. Again, I, I loved it. I was like, this is football. It's like proper. It's getting towards what you think is real football. Anyway, played again, scored again." Pulled me in the office afterwards. Um, no, uh, never forget me and my, me and my old man, Stuart Watkiss, and his assistant, a guy called Ivan Hollett, who like in and around Alfreton, Chesterfield, Mansfield, a bit of a legend. Like Ivan must be close to being in his eighties now. Um, giving you a deal, and I knew like Ivan had. A, Ivan was a centre forward. He had a soft spot for me straight away. Mm. Um, so I got told that that was about April time. So that was late to get a scholarship. So there was seven, they took seven in that year. We had them from all over. We had um, one from Coventry, one from Lincoln, one from Derby. I think we might have took one from Barnsley, Chef Wednesday. So you can imagine, we've got the ads coming in. We're all in digs, all seven lads. I was like, this is what I wanted to be a footballer. <laughs> like, all I was bothered about was moving away from home and getting some like freedom. Um, <laughs> So we we started back July the first. It would have been uh, two two thousand July the first. Um, but I went on cricket tour with Bredsel Bredsel cricket yeah, tour. Yeah. So you can imagine, I'm sixteen, about to move away from home, just signed a contract with a footballer. I'm like buzzing. I have gone and got absolutely levered for three three or four days. All of it is fish and chips. Didn't eat any breakfast. Just ate fish and chips every day up at Scarborough. Played a couple of games of cricket, like, you, ow, like, you can get back then, you can get away with getting night at 16, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I come back and I was in a state, and I'm thinking, I will go back to pre-season. Mate, I was, I went back to pre-season, I was like, wow, what's happened here? Like, it was another level. It was proper old school running, six, seven milers, track running, and I was like, I need to, I need to sort myself out. I, I could cope with it because like, I was mentally I was quite tough but physically I thought right from that point onwards I just made sure I was always 
top dog in the morning. If anything, that, that was when I talk about something physical, I thought I'm going to be fit. Like that was it. Um, and that was it. Banging the door first preseason. Um, uh, and it was, it was, it was class, mate. You cannot be them first few years as a, as a youngster when you just literally live it. You are living the dream. You've got no responsibility. You're playing football with your, you're playing football with your mates every day. You get a game at the end of the week, and then the problem I was doing, I was like, yeah, I'm going out on the Saturday night and the Sunday to watch a game, and then if we can get a night in the week. But I think back then you could get away with it. Yeah, you could get, you could genuinely get away with it because mm. everyone was doing it. Like, to be fair to Campy, Campy didn't do it as a kid. Campy didn't, you know, he didn't drink, didn't, didn't. He'd go out, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. But at the level I was at, it was the norm. It was almost like you needed to do it to progress. That's one of the lads. Like, it's... Had, yeah, you were in it. I remember, I remember the youth team manager going to me, tell the lads if they're not out tonight, it's a fifty quid fine. Mate, we've only got 60 quid a week, so you're going out, weren't you? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, now, when you think about it? Only about 20-odd years ago. Mate, it was, it, was, it was like 60 quid a week, and you'd, like, try and rinse your expenses through to top it up. Like, yeah. And, and that's, that's how it looked. I was in... I stayed in Diggs for... I stayed in Diggs for 18 months. Again, you probably, like... You'd never get it through nowadays. When I left Diggs, we had four lads in Diggs. This is a... Three-bed... Three bed terraced house in Mansfield, mate. <laughs> it's like it make, makes Beaufort Street look like Mayfair, mate. It's like <laughs> honestly. So you got four, 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 four budding professional footballers in this house, mate. And it was sure I go back like uh, my digs lady Helen. She'd been there, seen it all before. She'd had like Nicky Weaver there. Nicky Weaver was one of the lads that had obviously gone on to to Man City. So she, everything we were doing and getting up to, she'd seen it tenfold. So every every now and then she'd like give us, she'd give us a warning, say, "Look, lads, you got to slow down, calm down, and, and stuff like that." Or if you got in at like three in the morning and you woke up, she she'd give you a word. But again, she was quite relaxed with it, and it was just the, it was just that freedom. As a 16, 17 year old, it was just like, wow, we're on it. And we're just like, it was just living the dream, football, football and, and nights out and lads. And, and almost the football was, the football was like the fun bit. It was just like, we, 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 the only thing is we train on an AstroTurf every day. Wow. It was like, yeah, an old school sand base one as well. That was next to that top pitch at the ground. Um, But it's like, it, Again, it was like where I learned my trade. It was Stuart was unbelievable with, with kids. He was the way he taught you the game. So, um, in and around my year, we had six or seven lads that got in the first team. A couple of years above, we had Lee Williamson, who was a Derby lad. He yeah, Alveston lad, wasn't he? Yeah, Willow was an Alveston lad. He went and played a couple of years above him, was a lad called Bobby Hassel. Yeah. With, but both them, like, again, top championship careers. Liam Lawrence played in, in Willow's age. He went on to play for Ireland. Um, year below me, we had obviously Jake Buxton, Alex Baptiste, who both obviously, again, a couple of hundred games in the championship. So, like, in terms of the quality of players we were playing with, we were playing with, we were, we were good young lads. Like, we got in good teams that could, that could handle themselves against, against most, most teams. Um, and they had a conveyor belt. They promoted from within. So if you were any good, you were getting a chance. What well, how long was it from from obviously being sixteen going into the youth team to to making your first team debut? 
Um, so, so first year I played, I played like 60, 70 games. Wow. So I played under, under 17s, under 18s, under 19s, reserve team games. In fact, what my, my, my first ever goal for the reserves, I'd been out the night before, didn't know I was playing. So it's Thursday night in Mansfield was the night. <laughs> they used called the Village Nightclub. So we've gone out, youth team players gone out. This is getting towards the end of the season. Um, and we're playing, I'm in the, I'm in the, t- I'm traveling to Halifax the next day, reserve team. I think it might have been my first start in the reserves. Um, made a couple of appearances before. Anyway, I'd have been 17. Scored, we won 3 1. Got off the coach back at Mansfield, youth team manager waiting for me. I'm thinking, he knows I've been out. He's going to like rifle me. So I've got, work, I've got a bone to pick with you. I was like, oh, He's like, what are you doing? He's like, what? He went, well, you've got about 10 goals for me all season. He says, you've played for the Reds once and scored. So obviously I thought he's like coming for me for this night out. And he was like, he was, like having a bit of crack. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he didn't find out, didn't say anything. I don't think, he'd have, he'd have had a word, but he wouldn't have yeah. made a big deal about it at the time. Went back for pre-season as a second-year scholar. Completely broke down my back. My back, I was in agony with my back. And I was like, there's something not right. And I was trying to get through some, some of the running and they arrested me. And I had to, I had an x-ray. I had, and I had three, three scans. Um, MRI scan, a, um, CT scan, and a, a spec scan. And in one of the scans, they inject dye into you, okay. into your blood. And then they scan your body. Um, to see if any, see if there's any bleeding from the bones. And I would say, look, I'm not right, I'm not right. And they kept going through all these different scans and specialists. And they were like, we, we can't find, and there's nothing concrete, there's nothing concrete. So I said, okay. And I played, I played 45 minutes for the youth team against Lincoln, and I, and I scored two, but I knew I was in agony. I was like in shooting pains down my legs. Um, I'll never forget it, because I was like, it was like... July time, and I went home for the weekend, but my mum and dad were away. So I went to my nan's, stayed at my nan's. Um, and I says, I got up on the Saturday, and I said, it was a Friday game. I got up on the Saturday. I said, oh, now I'm going to go and watch the lads play cricket. So I work, I work, I'd say, imagine, you know, Oakwood like. So the yeah. shops in Oakwood, I work, I work, from, I walk from the shops in Oakwood down to Bedsall Village Cricket Club. Yeah. And I, I got there, and I thought, oh my God, I'm gone. I can't, couldn't move. I was literally like in agony. Anyway, sat there, watched the game. I think I got a lift back in the end because I was in that much pain. I went back in on the Monday morning. I go, I think I, I, I must either got a lift or got the bus back. But back into training morning, I was like, I'm not right. They're like, well, you played 45 minutes, you scored two goals. I was like, I haven't been able to move all weekend. Anyway, another scan. And I got, I can never, I got pulled in the physio's room and he went, um, you've got a double stress fracture in your back. And I went, yeah, I was like, I knew, I knew it was big. You went L5, so you've bottom vertebrae. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just imagine, just imagine a donut, and then I had two lines in it, clear as anything on this scan, like two lines in this in this spine, in my in my vertebrae. So the physio at the time says, "Look, don't worry. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to rest." He says, "But we've we've dealt with one of these before." He says, "We've had one. There was like a lad lad two years older than me called a lad called Michael Sissons. In the end, he had to, he had to retire for a, a knee injury." He says, "Sisso's had one." He says, "We got him through it." Um, he says, he says, don't worry. Anyway, that was it. Season over. So bearing in mind, I'm like, we're like August. 
So that's it. You won't kick a, kick a ball again this season. So second year scholarship completely wrote off. So I'm thinking I'm going to be a regular in the reserves, maybe getting the first team squad. I'm not playing at all. Gone. Um, so they gave me they gave me this brace. So it was like a corset, three metal straps in it, and a brace just to maintain like posture position. Mm. Wasn't allowed to run. Wasn't allowed to lift upper body. Did it? Couldn't do any 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 lower body weights, any upper body weights. It was basically bike, swim, core, and like a little bit of um, body weight stuff, and, and and obviously loads of back exercises. And that was it. And I had to do that for six months. Six months. So every day I'd go to training, same two hour routine, um, and it like become a bit monotonous. So. Manager pulled me in, an old guy called Billy Dearden, and he said, um, "You're going to travel with the first team." He says, um, "So every every away game you go, to, you're going to come with us. You're going to learn to, to to see what it looks like." So basically, I, every everywhere they went, if they went to Plymouth away, South End away, I was going, I was going, I was like sort of semi kit man, looking after the pros, sorting the boots out, in and around it. He says, "This is you. You want a career, but he says you you got to let. He says use it, use it as." A, as a positive uh, I think he I think he rang my parents at the time and said don't worry the club will look after him um, we'll get him through it so that was it the whole year wrote off that year Mansfield got promoted from League 2 to League 1 so yes. the, that so obviously that team that had Bobby Assel in it uh, Lee Williamson Liam Lawrence um Craig Disley had come through the academy, Andy White had come through, so it had like five or six homegrown lads in it, and they, the, the football they played at the time was class. And for their age, they were like 19, 20-year-old lads, and they were, they, they were like miles ahead of, of the development. So they got promoted. Obviously, I'd been, I'd felt like I'd been part of it, because I'd gone to every game. I'd been home and away with them all season, sort of like part of it, and they, like, they looked after me. A lad called Chrissy Greenacre who'd scored loads of goals there. Um... And I slowly started doing a bit towards the back end of that year. Come back the next year, did the whole pre-season and played in the first team straight away. Wow. So, so I played, in all honesty, it might have been against Derby. I played, I played in one of the first pre-season friendlies that year. Definitely played against Forest because I remember playing against uh, Michael Dawson because he's obviously he'd been a bit my age at Forest. So played played, played pre season in the first team, played quite a bit in the reserves, and obviously sort of the youth team. Um, and then that year, I just it was like my just my golden year really. Just took off again. I got going again. Got about twenty five goals in the youth team. Got about ten in the resies. Um, and then by I think I made my debut around Christmas. Yeah, so I made my debut. I was I was eighteen. Played away at Brentford. Uh, my first ever start was for Mansfield at Chesterfield at Saltergate. So if you've ever seen a Chesterfield Mansfield local derby, mate, wow! <laughs> it's like that Fenerbahce Galatasaray. <laughs> honestly, you wouldn't believe the hatred. I know. And there's just two towns, mate. Oh my god! And it's just, I've played in like obviously bigger bigger derbies, but there's not nowhere near that. There's proper hatred. Yeah, like full on. They despise each other. Um, so you can imagine like a Derby lad playing for Mansfield against Chesterfield. Yeah. They love it. Um, we won 2-1. Last minute, Liam Lawrence scored ahead of me. So 
Full league debut is a is a two one win away in Chesterfield, mate. Full house getting spat at and all bottles coming at you and it was just that was it. Welcome to the big league. Um a few more appearances that year. Unfortunately, I think we got relegated that year. <laughs> we got relegated away at Tranmere. A fan got on the top of the stand. This local nutter away at Tranmere, no word of lie, gets on top of the stand and the game gets abandoned because they can't get him down. <laughs> He's running it, honestly, mate. Away, I've played at Tranmere loads of times since. Away end at Tranmere. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's a local guy on top of the stand, mate. We're like about 40 minutes in, and I'm like, what's he doing up there? Won't get down. Like, oh, no, we know him. He's like local crackpot. Won't get down off the stand, mate. <laughs> we know him. <laughs> <laughs> Stewards got Stewards now. Yeah, yeah, you know, we know him, mate. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mate, game gets cancelled. Game's called off, abandoned. We get relegated. And that just summed the season up. That, in a, in a nutshell, that. We were like the most free-scoring team in the league. We'd yeah. win six 0 one week and then get done for the other. Mm-hmm. There was some like mad stuff that went off that year. Stuart, Stuart, who had been my youth team coach, was the manager at the start of it. He got dismissed. Keith Curl come in. Some of the stuff that went off, mate, was just nuts. It was like wow. First year, like year in and around it, I was like a third-year scholar, and I was like, what's going off here? Like some stuff was like, but it was it was just like you go back then, and because you're young and you don't know anymore, you just go with it. Mm. It was like we played QPR away, um, QPR away, who were like big club in League One, yeah. obviously like away at Loftus Road. I remember being on the bench, thinking like it's class atmosphere, tight, a bit like the baseball ground. It's tight. Yeah. It's like you know the the stands at each end are on top of you. Um, we were we were winning one 0 with ten men. So, again, this is like nuts. Like, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. So, got an experienced winger called Wayne Corden playing. I think we played 4 5 1. Yeah, we played 4 5 1 that day. Um, winning. Eisden Christie had been made captain, never captain the club before, scored the goal. Anyway, we go down to 10 men. The manager, Keith Curl at the time, decides to give. A first-year scholar, his debut. Never played a resi game. Trained, I don't even know if he trained with the first teams. A lad called Andy, uh, Andy Jones yeah. from, from Mansfield, a local lad. Takes Wayne Corden off. It was like a senior player. Got about 300 games at the time. But takes him off, puts Andy Jones on. Away at QPR. We're down to 10 men. What's going on here? Andy Jones doesn't touch the ball and gets booked twice in 10 minutes. <laughs> no way. So yeah, so he was the one that got sent off. So we, we was eleven v eleven. Andy Jones got booked twice ten minutes. We got down to ten men. <laughs> so now you've took one of your most experienced players off. You brought a first year scholar on. He's got sent off. We lost two one in the last minute, mate. Two oh, one wow. in the last minute, and it was like it was just crazy stuff like that that went off. We got beat five four at home to Bristol City after being four two up with like five minutes to go. It was just like, wow, what's going off here? Um, but we had we had some exceptional footballers. It was just at the time, um, the the TV money crashed out the lower league. Yeah, the ITV pay packet crashed out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So we like had no money to go and buy any defenders. So we were just left with what we were left with. Yeah. Um, and that was it. We went down, and then that next year was like my proper. I would class it as my full first year as a pro. 
um, and we got to the playoff final uh, at the Millennium. And again, another crazy story. We we lost on penalties, and we we were by far the better team. Liam Lawrence, I think he missed one penalty in fourteen all season. Decides to dink his penalty, and he go put he dinks it over the bar first penalty. Dinks it, stands go like a Zidane, but put a bit too much on it. Oh, no. Over the bar, mate. First penalty, and we're like, wow, what is he doing? Oh no way! We lost four one on penalties, mate. Mate, don't don't get me wrong. Without Liam, we wouldn't have got to the playoff final. Yeah, he was, he was like unbelievable. Twenty twenty goals from midfield. He thinks it. Does he get a bit of stick for that then? Off the lads, it was just Liam. That's what he did. Yeah. He just did crazy stuff, mate. And like he was, I remember I remember one of my first youth team games. I played with him. He scored from the halfway line, facing his own goal. It was just like he would. He had ridiculous ability and belief in himself that he'd yeah. just do stuff like that and. But it was part of the reason he was a top player. But thinking of Penno in a playoff final shootout, I didn't like well, missing it. I think we missed the second one. And the third one was took by a lad called Neil McKenzie. And obviously, if he misses, we're out. So, Macca, as he picks the ball up, he's, like, he's having a go at Liam and Wayne, who'd missed their penalties. He's going, fucking look at the situation you, you pair put me in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's, he's got he's got. He's like literally shaking his head. He's going up to take a penalty. Like, you pair, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it's like some of the stuff about the day was like, it was it, the whole, that season. Again, we were like top, we were top flying. Mm. Um, I made my like home debut, scored my first goal in that season. Um, I'd, I'd had a little spell out and loan at works up. Um, but we're like, it was just, again, young, nucleus of lads that had all come through together. So it was like, the football was brilliant. The nightlife was brilliant. Brilliant. You had no responsibilities, no kids. It was like we were out Saturday night, Sunday, Tuesday night in knots, and it was just like it was basically train hard, party hard, and it was it was great. And we got all the way to the to the final. I mean, even the semis was not the semis. We played Northampton. We were two 0 up away. Like we were we were class. It was a proper job away from home. Two 0 up. Played Northampton at home. We were three 0 down in our, before the first half. We were out. We were out. We were three two. I'm thinking, what's gone off here? Anyway, Tommy Curtis hadn't scored a goal all season. Scores in the playoff semi, three three. So we're three two down. Keith Curl turns to a guy called Lauren DiGiaffo. If you look at like if you find a YouTube video, you can see them fighting on the pitch. Then teammates at Sheffield United, Lauren DiGiaffo and Keith Curl fighting, having an argument on the pitch. Yeah. That's fine on YouTube. <laughs> Lauren, go, go and get warm, Lauren. So Lauren goes and gets warm. We score the goal. So Lauren comes back as if he's going on. Just wait there a minute. Gaffer, tell me to wait. <laughs> like, like, like he's like 30. He's like 30. I don't, I don't wait. I'm ready to play. Like this. He's kicking off again in the dugout. Gaffer's like, just wait one minute. Wait one minute. It's like 3-2. Anyway, he puts him on. Goes to penalties. Shoot out goes to penalties. Lauren Jaffa's right-footed. Because he's got a cob on with Keith Curl takes the penalty left-footed. No way. I promise you, he takes the penalty left-footed. So we're, we're looking and we're going, he's running up left-footed here. Lauren. He basically, he takes, like, I can see the gaffer's face, he's like, like he's got face, I'm like, what is he doing? But it's like, Keith Curl always tries to be dead cool and like, you know, like, yeah. under pressure and he's gone. 
he sticks it away low and does. And he's basically giving it that to the gaffer. Like, how dare you doubt me? You should have put me on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, we got put on penalties. Incredible night out after that. I think I think we parted equally as hard as Derby did when they beat Leeds last, last year in the playoffs, <laughs> mate. We were like, like 48 out, absolute party. We were out that night. The next day, we had a, we had an end-of-season do, we and it was just, oh, better slow it down. We've got a playoff final to go to. To be fair, in the playoffs, we, we played well in the final, um, and, and we got we got done on penalties. But yeah, like again, unbelievable, unbelievable year in football, and like just so enjoyable. Again, playing with mates, me, me and me, Bucko and Bap, a lad called Craig Mitchell, who was like so. Them two were the two centre halves in the youth team. We were the two centre forwards. We were all in the squad together. We'd all yeah. come through together, so it was, it was class. How did um, how did it come about you leaving Mansfield in the end? Then was that was that your decision? Um, I don't know. Um, so I, I only found this out later. Oh, okay. I, I, I had a deal on the table. So I think the playoff final might have been the Sunday or Bank Holiday Monday. Um, so, yeah, so like a lot of the lads from back home would come down to watch it. It was at the Millennium, mm. at the, when the playoffs at the Millennium. So I, on the Friday, I've been told, yeah, you, not direct, indirectly, I've been told by the chairman, I've got a deal on the table. I'd had quite a good year. I'd been in and around it all season. I think I'd been like the most sub. I was only about 19 at the time. Um, and after the final, I stayed down. So I didn't come back on the coach. It was about 10 of us stayed down and went out. Like we had done previous times in the season. Um, come, back, come back up the next day. Following day in from my meeting, got told there's no deal. Yeah. So... Later on, apparently down the line, um, I got told one of the reasons was that you didn't come back on the team coach. So whether you buy it or not, I don't know. Um, but it's the sort of thing that Keith Kerr would hold against you. Really? Uh, yeah, that was he's very he's very like that. Um, I, I thought at the time I thought it was as good as there was in the lower league as a manager. Mm. But tactically, he was good. Thought the decisions he made was good. I thought his philosophy on how he wanted us to play at the time we were football inside I thought his organisation was, was good I mean I, don't, I know I'd only been in football four or five years but I was like you could tell he'd been a top player you know played at top clubs but he just couldn't deal with any any type of character or any type of um, sort of people questioning his authority and I always thought that would be the thing that would let him down and not take him to the next level and um I don't know, it's 20 years on, he's, he's obviously just got his first promotion with Northampton. Um, but yeah, I thought he would have managed higher quicker. I know I know he did I know he did exceptionally well with Neil Neil at QPR and Palace as a number two. Um but yeah, I thought he would have I thought he'd have gone on and, and maybe managed higher. But I think the way he deals with people, uh, he's he's not the best, he hasn't got the best interpersonal skills, shall I say. <laughs> so that was it. I went in. 20 years of it, I think it was 20 then, you release, bang, you're on the scrappy. So the first thing I did was uh, get on a plane to Malia. <laughs> so that's a like, reoccurring theme, isn't it? So like, again, I was like, I don't worry about this, I'll get a deal somewhere. Mm. I'll, get, I'll be fine. So um, got on the plane to Malia, did not think one bit about where I was going when I come back. I was like, well, I'm having seven, I don't know where it was, a week or 10 days in Malia. Again, went went away with the lads that I played with. We went away, 
met lads that we knew out there. I think 2004. So I don't know. Was that was it Euros World Cup year? Uh, Euros. Euros. Yes. So Euros. Euros. Imagine the Euros on in Malia as a yeah. 20 year old. Like you're like, oh, this is like class. Yeah. Just out every day watching football, and it was just like, anyway, come back. Got a phone call off Ivan Hollett, the lad, the guy that took me to Mansfield. He says, "Look, Doncaster want you to go up." Um, they'd watch me. They'd watch me as a youth team player. I'd played against their first team that season. Um, they'd won the league, so they were now in League One. So basically, got off the plane, come back. They were back in. So I think I turned up a couple of days late pre-season. Um, but at this point, I knew I was like physically, I was good. I could, I could, I could go straight back in, and I was within the running. I was in the top five straight away. So Greeny, Paul Green was there then. Yeah, yeah. So Gre- Greeny was there, and the same summer I signed, Cops signed. So Cops, who's still there now, so yeah, yeah. sixteen years. Me and Cops signed on on same day, same sort of week. So Cops was there. And it was, it was just like, wow, this is a pro-. You could tell why they were in the league and we didn't. Mm. They just had that little bit more experience, that little bit more now, that little bit more strength and depth. They, were, they, had the, you know, they had their own training ground. It was just like, just a little bit of another step up. Yeah. Um, I think I did 10 days, two weeks. Um, and the guy that had brought me in, Dave Blake, he was like Dave Penny's chief scout. Um, I, played, I played against Bradford Park Avenue scored, uh, played away at York, scored, um, and he just ran me up. He says, all right, Gaff wants to know what money you want. So I was just like, well, only second year player. I was just like, just give me a few hundred, few hundred quid, stay in the game, and I'm, I'll, I'll come. And they got the deal done. I think I was on, like at the time, I'd have been on OK bonuses. Hmm. Um, and I just thought, oh, I could stay in the game. Don't want to, don't want to, um, basically I am a free. Got the deal done, and uh, to be fair, it won it. I try, you know, when someone goes, have you got any regrets? Yeah. Like, you see, like, yeah, you do in football, you go, I ain't got any regrets because like, you've loved the career you've had and, and what's yeah. happened and the ups and downs. But I think if I'd have stayed at Donny, I would have got a chance in that in their first team more than I did if I'd have gave it a year or two. I think, in fact, I was, because I'd, so, I'd been in and around it for so long at Mansfield, I've been used to being in the squad every week, I'd gone up a level. And I was in and out of the squad. The, the squad was bigger. It, I'd play, and, and they'd won a league. They had Leo Fortune West, Greg Blundell. They signed that. They were signing players for money. Mm-hmm. Signed a lad called Mark Roberts from Wigan. Um, Michael McKinder was there at the time. Coppinger was there. It, like they had players that that were good, good players. Um, and I, sh- I probably should have just stuck it out. Yeah. I think I I made my debut. Scored scored on my debut. Um, away at Lincoln in the LDVs. Uh, but again, this was like stereotypical of me at the time. So Tuesday night, score away at Lincoln. Friday night, it's my mate's 21st birthday party. I'm not missing it. I'm going to my mate's 21st birthday party. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm at Derby Rugby Club, at my mate's 21st birthday party. We're playing, we're playing Wrexham at home the next day in, in the 120th anniversary. I, I, and I'm starting. And I'm not, I'm not even contemplating it. Play the game the next day, and after about sixty minutes, I'm like, "Wow, my legs are gone." So obviously, the game, the game on Tuesday had naturally taken it out of me. But yes. I hadn't, like, I hadn't rested Friday night. I was like, "I'm not missing my mate's twenty-first birthday party," and I was like, still making the same mistakes I was making at seventeen. 
Um, and it was like, well, I look back now, it's like, when was the penny going to drop? Yeah. Like, when was I actually going to go, what are you doing? But you, you sort of, because you're at that age, you can just get away with it. But I wasn't getting away with it because every opportunity I was spurning or I was letting myself down or wasn't quite at it. Um, so, yeah, again, it sort of passed me by. I got eight goals in eight. I had eight and eight in the reserves. And I was like, it was, the reserves was easy for me. It was comfortable. And then Stuart, Stuart Watkins, who took me to Mansfield, obviously got the Kidderminster job and he rang up and said, I want, I want to take you. Um, spoke to Dave Penny. Dave Penny said, look, I'll, I can, I'll let you go, but we want to sell on. Yeah. So obviously, because I'd, I'd got, I'd scored him a debut. I'd got 89 in the reserves. There's a high chance if I got to double figure before the end of the season, someone might take a, take a punt on me. I was still only 20. Yeah. So I went to Kiddy. Um, and again, so that was like, the yo-yo, mate. Well, was that um, to conference or conference north? They were bottom of the football league. Oh, okay. Bottom of the football league. So I'm thinking, but again, I'm totally oblivious to the situation. I'm thinking, I can go there. I can score some goals. We can stay up. Not thinking, I haven't got a clue how strong the squad is. They've, they've won yeah. two games all season. I'm thinking, what am I thinking about here? But I look back now, and it's just like that. It's just that youthful exuberance where you just yeah, think yeah. you can make an impact no matter what. Um, and then I went there, and it was... Um, we struggled. I was. I got there. I was like, "Wow, yeah, we aren't very good. We we were poor, mate. This is why we're bottom of the football league. We didn't even didn't even play five or six games. I was coming off the bench, and he said to me, "What's up with you?" I says, "I don't know if you've ever drove from Derby to Kidderminster, but it's an absolute drive. Yeah, like, it is, in it? in and around Birmingham." And I was like, "I can't do the drive. It's killing me." I says, "I'm I'm knackered. So I'm getting here and I'm I'm shattered." Says on a game day, it's like two hours in a car. Got my little Renault Clio flying down the M42, mate. It's not like <laughs> I'm not in the next five. Um, and I'm thinking, I've got, he says, I'll sort your digs out. I'll sort your digs out. Stay a couple of nights a week. Break the week up. You'll be better for it. And I was like, okay. So got digs sorted. Straight away, a thousand times better. Yeah. I was sharper physically, mentally. Um, Got in the team, got in the team, um, did quite well. Got five, five, five and eight, I think I got in in a block. We we started winning games, and it was like we can do this. We, you know, I think it was us and Rushton down at the bottom at the time. Played Rushton at home, and it was nil nil. It was a dour game, dour game, and it was one of them that we could have done with that. We went to Darlow, Darlow on, on Good Friday, we won, and then we played Mansfield at home, Bank Holiday Monday former club, playing against my two mates, centre-half, centre-halves, and I'm thinking, like, this is it. We win today and we're in the mix. We've got a chance. Went 1-0 up. 1-0 um, up and we got a penalty. Dean Keats, I think he scored two at Knotts two weeks prior. Two, I think he's, if he hadn't scored, he scored two goals. I think they're both penos. Yeah. He misses the peno. He misses the peno just before half-time. Wow, we'd have been a 2 0 up at half time cruising. We lose 3 1, and it's like one of the nails in the coffin. And I think we went, we, we still, we, well, I don't think we even got another point. Um, we ended up going down, but it, it was like that's, that's the momentum of, our momentum of football. You can think you've got it, and you go and you go, and one little thing, and it just turns it on its head. Mm. And that missing that penalty just killed us. Um, 
Um, and then there was a few bits that went off behind the scenes. Like I was really happy with my digs and you moved my digs and it was all because finances behind the scenes at the club. And I felt, I personally felt that the club were going to struggle no matter what. I didn't see them bouncing back in the football league and my point's been proven like 16, you know, six, well, 16 years on, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. 15 years on, I was like, they aren't coming back. This club, this club's like, it's not got the infrastructure. Um, and I got a phone call from Mansfield. Paul Holland, who was, who was like, had been been my youth team coach um, when Stuart stepped up. Stepped up. He was now working in and around the the first team. He says, Carlton Palmer wants to bring you back. I was like, happy days. Let's get me back there. Like, you know what I mean? It's half an hour from my house. Yeah. I, I knew the place, knew the lads, loved the club. It was like my, it was like my club. Like, yeah, get me back. What do I need to do? You're under 24. We might have an issue. I was like, well, it can't be an issue. So I'm, I've only been here six months. I'm worth no money. Surely not. We're relegated. Anyway, it turned a bit nasty, to be fair. Like, it was Stuart, Stuart dug his heels in. Mm. Stuart offered me, like, in, like basically massively improved terms to stay. Um, and I was like, I don't want to play in the conference. Like, I, I, his nickname was Skip. I was like, Skip, I don't, I don't want to play in the, the, the conference. I was like, look, I'll give you me all. We've gone down. I says, I've got a chance to go back to Mansfield. Surely you can accept that. But I think, because Stuart had been obviously sacked by Mansfield, I was seen as one of his lads. Um, don't get me wrong, I've got the utmost respect for him as a coach, as a bloke. It was just, it was just the timing of it. And like we, we talk nowadays, it was just like he didn't want me to go, and he definitely didn't want me to go to Mansfield. Mm. So I was like, I was like, I've got to do what's best for me. So I sorted a deal out of Mansfield to go back. Um, I don't know if you, Carl Palmer is one of the funniest guys in the world ever. <laughs> if, if you've got a chance to listen to Carlton Palmer do a podcast mate listen to it he's, he's unbelievable so anyway Carlton Palmer's like don't we better we'll get it done we'll get it done anyway I walk through the door one day at home my mum's on the phone she's got the phone I keep on the phone to her Carlton just rang me I said what do you mean just rang you just rang me to tell me everything's going to be okay don't worry about it I know Stuart's playing hardball but he says we'll get the deal for him he's like he'd do stuff like that mate he'd like ring your house phone <laughs> And I was like, I was like, well, this guy's like, this guy wants me to go back. He'd obviously, he'd obviously spoke to, he spoke to Jake and, and Bap about me and they'd gone, look, like, he's one of us, get him back. He's, they didn't have any young forwards at the time, so it fitted okay. Um, anyway, I was thinking, this isn't going to go through. Stuart was like, Stuart was like, saying we want X amount of money for me going. I'm thinking, like, Mansfield weren't going to pay for me. They, I'd, there's there's no value in it. It was like I was like, well, there's no value. What if they give you? I was like, what if they give you my money back for my wages for the last six months? He's like, no, no, no. He's like proper digging in. He wanted. He was saying stupid figures. I said, oh, okay. Then what if I go somewhere else? How much do you want? And he said um, he didn't. He didn't give me a figure. So Graham Wesley at Stevenage asked to speak to me. So I went down to speak to him. Again, like this is same level as Kidderminster were going into the conference, but get set up was tenfold. Yeah. I got in the car, mate. I think I'm, I'm going to have to move down to Stevenage. I'm in the conference. I don't know what it's going to look like. Do I really need this? Anyway, Graham approached Stuart and got nothing back. So he got pied off. Mansfield said, report for pre-season. We're going to push this deal through. I'm, thinking, I'm still a stick kid amidst a player, by the way. 
I'm thinking this can't, um, this can't be right. Anyway, report for pre-season. Because I report for pre-season at Mansfield, uh, I missed the last two days of my Kidderminster contract. They oh. find me. They find me. So they've sent me a letter. You've not reported back for pre-season with Kidderminster, even though I'd have only had to go in for two days. They're finding me X amount, two weeks wages. So I'm thinking, yeah, this, like, this is getting silly now. So anyway, the chairman at the time, uh, Keith Haslam, rings them up, Kidderminster, what do you want? Let's get it done. I'll back pay the, the wages, whatever you want, the fee. Anyway, it went down as undisclosed, but it was like, for a transfer, it was like a transfer saga for no money was, was ridiculous. It was like, what is going on? Because it, it was all about like, they've sacked me, they screwed yeah. me over, and now they're going to take you off me. I'm not having it. It was basically like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The law yeah. of the jungle. Yeah. It was beating the chest the hardest yeah. at the time. I was, and I'm like, I was stuck in the middle. I think I, I don't know. I've been just turned 21. I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going off here? Got it through. I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm back with my mates. Back at a club I know. Um, they signed some good senior lads. Um, I think we had Richie Barker, who was club captain there and who did well. Uh, a lad called Matt Hamshaw that played at Chef Wednesday. Uh, John Elder that played at Forest. Like, so we had some good Kevin Pressman come in. So we had some good senior lads and then the core and the nucleus of young lads that we'd had before. Pre-season goes, I feel really fit. I'm happy. Um Takes me a couple of games. I'm in the team. Um, first, I think debut. We beat Southampton in the cup, League Cup. Harry Redknapp's manager. We beat him on penalties. Um, played away at Boston, and I think we got two-two draw. Bank holiday Monday. Back at home, full house, Notts County at home. Big, you know, another big game. About half an hour in, I break my leg. So it's like third game of the season. I'm going through. Try to nick the ball in front of. Kevin Pilkerton, who was the who was the Mansfield goalie when I was last there, mm-hmm. he's come out, cleared the ball, took my left leg, snapped my tibia in half, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, wow, I'm like, I broke it. So I go to stand up, and I think I can't put any weight on it. Hold my leg in the air, literally sit down and just sit there. And the physio comes in, goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I broke my leg." He went, "You what?" I said, "I broke my leg." He's like, "Are you sure?" I was like, mate, I've broke my leg. Are you He's sure? Like, I'm like sat there, literally like that, leg out in front of me. Like, Are you sure? I've like, broke my leg, mate. Just put it in a put it put it in a brace and get me off the pitch. I broke my leg. He's like, Are you not in any pain? I was like, Well, yeah, pins and needles and nerves are going wild. I said, But I'm not in agony. I says, I'm, I can deal with it. Anyway, off the pitch, so like that. I'm sat. This is Bank Holiday Monday, so obviously private hospitals aren't. Oh, sort of working like normal. Um, they put me on the on the stretcher beside the ambulance. Obviously, I can't move off this this stretcher. My mum and my mum and dad, uh, I think my little sister uh, and my, my girlfriend at the time in the stand. So I'm thinking, I bet my mum's going epileptic up there. Like, yeah. what's he doing? Um, they they get down here and they go, "What are you doing?" I said, "Break my leg." My mum's like, "You can see my mum's face." Are you sure? They put me. They go to put me in, in the ambulance and they kick the stretcher. Someone's kicked the stretcher. I think the physio kicked the stretcher. I was like, what are you doing? I'm broken <laughs> leg. You know, put me in the ambulance. Take me to hospital. This is like proper Mike Bassett. <laughs> mandation, mate, honestly. I get to hospital and I'm thinking, oh my God. I was like, this is starting to throb now. So like, I said to the nurse, can you just give me some tablets? So they give me some tablets. I, but by this point, I still, I still had no gas in there. So... Tablets, yeah, boom. Right, we're going to x-ray you. 
um, x-rayed me. Yeah, fractured, fractured tibia, um, clean break. Um, come back to me, we're not going to operate. That's a bit strange, you're not going to operate. Um, why aren't you going to operate? Uh, no, it will be fine, we'll just put it in a cast. They put me in this cast, no word of a lie, from my hip to the bottom of my toe. And it was about three layers thick. I couldn't pick it up. I couldn't pick the cast up. It was massive, this cast. All they were bothered about was going, what colour do you want on your cat? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, what colour do I want? Like, do you want red? Do you want blue? Do you want green? I was like, well, whatever, I was like, whatever colour doesn't look dirty. So I was like, massively OCD. I was like, whatever colour does not look dirty, put it on my cast. <laughs> Puts his cast on. <laughs> Bear in mind, I'm, by this point, I'm thinking, wow, I feel bad. And I think, I think when they got back to my bed, they gave me some like, strong painkillers. And I've never been one for having painkillers. All the ops I've had, all the injuries. I've never like took tablets a lot. Um, and I got back to saying, "Wow, I feel bad. Bad now." It's like you could tell the adrenaline ran, the adrenaline's worn yeah. off. I was thinking, I gotta go to the toilet. I'm dying. So I'm going, I get up in these crutches, go to the toilet in this hospital, mate. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go to the toilet. And anyway, I get myself in there, this disabled toilet. I sit down, put the crutches down. Can't get off the toilet. I can't get off. I've got this fucking cast. I can't move. It's too heavy, and I'm stuck in this toilet. I'm thinking, I can't get off. And I've like had to drop onto the floor, pull my shorts up, shimmy towards my. I'm in hospital on my own, by the way. At the minute, my mum, my mum and dad had been come, seen me, gone home. So I'm, this is just me in the hospital. Get myself out of there. Wiggle back to my bed. I'm thinking, oh my, I feel horrendous. The lads are all texting me, ringing me out. Are oh, you okay? Everything, blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, this isn't right. Like. Surely this needs pinning. Luckily enough, the next day, one of one of the um, nurses was form, the former physio's daughter. She worked at King's Mill. She said, look, she come to see me. Um, she said, I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't be telling you this, but that leg needs pinning. And I was like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd gathered that, but they won't do it. And basically she, she said to me, they won't do it because they don't trust themselves to do it correctly through your bone marrow. So it's like, your bone, your bone marrow is quite dense, so they're going to have to get it pinpoint. I'm carrying this cast around now, by the way. So anyway, okay, I was like, cheers. The physio comes to pick me up. So the physio comes to pick me up. And I've told him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get you sorted. Anyway, I'm, I'm at home for like 10 days in this cast. Can't really move. Like, like, weird stuff going off like Nottingham Evening Post want to talk to you about your injury because you've done it in a local derby and stuff like this and I'm thinking mate I just want this cast off my leg and I'm like Phew. tablets are worn off so my leg's just throbbing my muscles wasting away so like if, then if anyone if you broke a bone like, within the first seven days yeah. it's like when the wastage comes yeah. so by this point my bone's rattling around in this cast it's no good anyway I can't get around the house I crawled up the stairs once Went to get, went to pull on the door handle to get me up. Rip the door handle off. <laughs> not, not intentionally. Just going to pull myself up. Rip the door. I'm thinking, oh my god, I can't live like this. And they were saying, oh, you're going to be in it for six months or however long. Like, no, no, I'm not. Anyway, specialist hospital. Looked to Sheffield. See this guy, this German guy, knee specialist. And he looked at me and he's like, "What have they done to you?" Like that. I was like, <laughs> I was like "You're telling me, mate? What have they done to me?" I was like, "I can't move." <laughs> he's like, "I know you need." He says, "I know you need." He said, "You need my mate." 
thinking, right, who's this guy? Who's this guy he's on about? He says, he works out of Norwich. Norwich? Are you having a laugh? I said, how am I going to get to Norwich? He says, you're going to have to drive to Norwich. I was like, oh my God. I was like, like Derby to Norwich, cross country, <laughs> with a broken leg in a cast. I'm thinking, how am I getting there? Anyway, I get, uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time drives me to Norwich to see this guy. Professor Saleh, never forget him, top guy. He, he was one of these guys that was um, around the, you know, the frames that go around the car crash victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they shatter the bones, he was like one of the first ones to bring it in and he could do bone lengthening and made my, my leg was small fight to him. He was like, he was like, this is easy. So anyway, I went down to see him, made the journey. I was sat in the back of that car with my leg outstretched thinking, oh my God, just get me. I felt sick. It's all A-roads, stuck behind trucks and stuff. Um, got there, got to the hospital, met him. He looked at me, I was like, this is medieval. This stuff is, what are they doing to you? You'll never forget the word he used. Like, this is medieval stuff, this is. I was like, okay, he went, go and have some lunch, go and have some lunch, couple of hours, come back, I'll sort it out. Okay, so we went into Norwich. Norwich is a weird place, by the way. Yeah. Weird place. Yeah. I know. I, was, I went into Norwich. I've only ever been there to like see a game of football work, see a game of football and come home. I like, went into Norwich, had some lunch, got back to the, got back to this um, this hospital. Hospital had a room ready, all singing or dancing, private room. Comes back in again. He's got like this, got this cutter, this cutter in his hand with a mask on. So I'm literally laying in the bed as normal, shorts on, t-shirt, big cast, like and and like. Basically, I took my shoes off. I was just lay there. He's like, "Stay still," and he's just goes straight <laughs> through this cast, mate. Straight through this cast, cuts it off, chucks it off, zips another bit off it, and just leaves me in a back slab. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm okay. Like all I've got to do now, obviously, this is a proper private hospital now. The toilet's next to you in your room. I'll see you in the morning. Big cross on your leg, so he's got the right <laughs> leg. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, what's he going to do? And he basically says, "Look, what I'm going to do is." I'm going to slice you at the knee. I'm going to pull your tibia out. I'm going to whack a nail right through the middle of it. I'm going to put two screws at the bottom and one at the top. Basically stitch you up again. That was it. Like, he was like dead plain and simple about it. He says, I do it all the time. Um, like, he, was, he wasn't he was arrogant, but he knew he was good at his job. He was like, this is, this is nothing to me. I'll get you sorted. Anyway, next morning, in, boom, done. Wake up. I was, one, I was on one of the knee bending machines. Mm. So I did like this knee bending machine. Yeah. Mate, I was in there for five days. The scar, the scar, the scarring in my knee, I was like, wow, this isn't gonna go. Like it was healing and I was bending it, but the pain was like I wasn't bothered about my bone anymore. It's like my knee's just in agony. Yeah. He's like, Don't worry, don't worry about it. He says, Give it a month, you'll be walking on it. So left left on left on crutches. My mum and dad comes to be on left on crutches. I'm, I'm still ropey. I'm on tablets. I've been cut open. Back on these A-roads, like, I just want to get home. Um, pull over. I was like, what are you doing? Dad's like, my dad's like, oh, we saw this garden centre on the way here. We're going to pop <laughs> <No>. in. <laughs> I was like, you have me... I was like, I've just had like, I've had five days in a private hospital, like in a room on my own. I says, I've just had surgery. I said, I can't move my leg. What do you want me to do? Like, he just basically left me in the car while he potted around for now. And that, and that, that was like my dad. That was like his, that's his attitude to life. Back in the car, get home. Anyway, rehabbed it. Re- rehabbed the leg. Didn't really have any setbacks. 
I was out for this season um, and I got myself going again. I, at the time, it was when you went to Lillyshaw for your rehab. So every month I'd spend a week at Lillyshaw, um, got fitter, got stronger. The, the two physios there were, were unbelievable with me. Um, and in that time, <laughs> Colton had left. But like even even in the four months I had him, he was just unbelievable. Like the banter he had was unbelievable, mate. Yeah. The banter, his attitude to life, his uh, his team talks, his just personality. I just as a like, as a manager, questionable, but as a bloke, just top bloke, mate. He was top. Like, had some proper one liners, like and he come in one day to do a he come in one day to do a team talk. Bearing in mind, like. It must have been early in the season because, like, it must have been, say, September time. Mm -hmm. Say September time. It's warm. It's, like, red hot outside. It's, like, quite a mild day. He's come in, big black overcoat down to his down to his um, feet. I'm thinking, what's he got that on for? He's got the team here. He's pointing to the team. And the lads are, like, he's, like, sweating. Like, he's getting off. And the lads are starting to laugh. And then halfway through the team talk, he just go, Armani. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd open his jacket up and show the lads the Armani sound, but he'd tell you a little bit more about the team. He'd go, Armani, like that. <laughs> and he's absolutely wet through, like dripping while he's got this black coat. But he ain't bothered, it's like a, he's a top top Armani coat, he's wearing it. And the lads are like, and he just had that, he could like diffuse the tension in the situation like that. And <laughs> like, he's got, and he's like, he'd always say to you, like, him. One of his sayings was like, oh, we were all young lads. We weren't like on loads and loads of money. And he was like, um, never go out, you'd go, never go out of the house without a grand in your pocket, Beardo. Never go out without a grand in your pocket. <laughs> what, what, what do I want a grand in my pocket for, Gaffer? He's like, you never know. You never know. Like he had, he'd have some like philosophies. I was like, what is this guy on about? Like, he's just nuts. <laughs> he took us out for a meal once. He took us out for a meal early on in pre-season. Like, big, you know, team bonding. Lovely restaurant in Mansfield called Il Rosso. Pasta, have a few drinks, lads. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. So anyway, lads had a couple of glasses of red wine. Had some. Had some pasta. He said, "You can have. You can have a drink tonight, lads. Have a drink tonight." Um, I've, I've sorted the meal out. Sorted the meal out. Um, paid for everything. So we've sat down. The football's probably on the TV. So everyone's having a few pints of Guinness. Anyway, he goes. He clears off. Clears off. He's, he's, he brought his wife, well, his, his missus with him, who's with now. Clears off. Anyway, about half an hour later, uh, half an hour later, late, the, the girl comes over from the from the uh, behind the bar, and she goes, um, "You got to settle the bill, lads. You got to settle the bill." Like gaffer not paid. Now his card bounced. <laughs> 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 he just walked out. Bit <laughs> for the lads. They gone. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort you out here. That's like, so you can imagine the bill dropping. Then they was like, everyone's like having to having to sort it out. It was just like oh, a deuce to fight out, and it was just a uh, bit questionable. Bit questionable as a manager in some of his decisions, but as a guy, top top guy. Yeah, quality top guy. Um, you talk injuries, and obviously by that age, a couple of like very serious injuries. Do you think they killed you a little bit? Um, I, th I think the broken leg did did. It took me a long time to get over. Yeah. Like both physically, mentally, um, the way I'd live my life. I like thought I was Peter Pan. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? I hadn't properly I look back now and thought like twenty one you think you know everything. 
and I knew I knew I knew so little. I knew even less about about what I should have been doing. Obviously, the games the games changed loads. But yeah, the broke the broken leg. Apart from having that, obviously, initial year out, I I was probably still not the same player till I got to like twenty five. It was really? that yeah, it was that long for me to get going again and play regular, and the, and the stuff off the back of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I like when I I was physically. I was 21. I was strong. I was. Pl- I'd got in the team. I felt good. I'd had a bit. I'd had a bit of success at that level the year before with Kitty in, in terms of personally, and I felt like I was. I was ready to play a big part. I'd sort of like gone through that initial first young pro period, and it just was like bang. There's, there's your season gone. Um, it, it helps you now when I'm dealing with the kids now. And I see someone have a long term one. I've been there and I've done it, and I know you think you're right. And I remember going back the next pre-season, thinking I'm flying here. Won the bleep test, so I haven't played for you, and I beat everyone on this bleep test. So physically, I was unbelievable. You know, when you play the game, and your timings out, and your decision making's yeah. out, and you're like, you can't deal with the turning and the twisting because your body's still getting used to playing at match tempo. Yeah, and I never once I got. I got back to man. Got back in uh, the first team that year. I never got a run of games, so it was like I could not get any momentum, and I was, I was like fighting with myself to try and get fit and get going and going and going. Um, the team wasn't great at the time, and yeah, it, I think I look back now and think, yeah, I was probably not as far down my rehab as I actually thought I was at the time. So yeah. I came back. I came back and I played against Pompey in the League Cup. I think it was my first start after breaking my leg. Portsmouth at home. They had the big guns out. They had Lawalawa, Andy Cole, uh, Crankyar, Taylor. They had them all, all playing. They all played that night, and we beat them two one. Um, and you play, and you think you get your first start on your boat. You think, yeah, I'm back, I'm back. And then you play a couple more, and you're a bit off it, and you play a couple of League Two games where it's completely different, and it's not under lights, and it's. The, it's it's the adrenaline it isn't pumping as much, and you start to think, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still a bit I'm still a bit behind it. And the biggest factor I had was I didn't play week in week out. Um, so at the time, I'd probably come back from the broken leg, and I was fourth choice out of four because the or the other the other three had played. The other three were establishing player, and then I needed to get back up. And I felt like I was constantly chasing my tail to get to try and get in, and I was. Again, I was probably probably not doing the right things in training that I actually needed. I probably should have constantly, I was physically, I was, in terms of the fitness, I was fine, but the technical, tactical stuff I needed was, was probably more important at the time. And it took me a while to get going again and made some wrong turns after that. But yeah, it, I think the broken leg was a massive wake up call to me. Doing what you're doing now is it? It's fitness coach, isn't it? Your title at Burton Albion. So. Yeah, it, I'm. I'm basically first team coach, and I yeah. and I head. So I, I sort of assist Jake. Yeah. Um, off the field, and then I'm on the pitch. I, I coach. So I, I lead. I lead all the S and C stuff, and I, um, I, I basically do the leading ball sessions, and and then then take individual sessions and, and coach. I'm an A licensed coach along with the S and C. So, um. Yeah, so it's just dual role, really. Yeah. When you first joined then as, as fitness coach, and, and then you ended up 
being registered as a player and then playing, but there's like a big gap in between, wasn't there? Like your last game and yeah. then, and then yeah. playing. How, how does that come about then? Like having a timeout and then <laughs> playing like three years later or whatever. So um, I went to, I went back to Mansfield for my last year. Yeah. So I'd had the I've been back to Stevens, went back to Mansfield. I'd, uh, I think my little one was two at the time. Yeah, she'd yeah. have been about two. So I was like, I've got to get back home. I'm going to leave Stevenage. We might as well get back home. So I signed for Adam Murray at Mansfield for a year. And early on, I was like, there's something not right in my ship. Like, I'd not had any issues with it um, before. I'd had, a, I'd had my knee cleared out the year before, but nothing major. And it got worse and worse. I was thinking, I can't, I can't play on this. I remember playing Chef Wed away in a League Cup tie. I think, God, this is painful, this. This shouldn't be like this. But the problem was at the time, when we reported back the pre-season, the, physio hadn't, the actual physio hadn't started. So he was like waiting to do his time in his former job. So we were just running with a sports therapist. Mm. Um, so I was sort of like getting muddling through pre-season. Um, and anyway, I had x-rays and stuff. And they were like, yeah, it's, there's a bit of, bit of, they call it a stress response. And I was like, I ain't got a stress response. Like, I know my body. I've been doing it. 15, 16 years. I know something's not right. Anyway, I muddled through the season, but I was, I was in pain and I was like, every night I was in ice. After a game, I was in ice. I couldn't train properly. I couldn't compete. I had done it for the last 15 years. So the, even before, you either, I was either injured or fit. So when you're injured, you get your head around it and you get yourself fit. When you're fit, I was like all out. I'm competing. I'm, I'm emptying the tank here. I trained hard every day and I played. That season, I couldn't do either. I wasn't injured. I was muddling through and I couldn't train flat out because I had this pain constantly. I was like, I don't This isn't what I signed up for. Like, I wanted to be a footballer. I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to be a senior pro that just turned up, turned and ran around for 10 minutes on a Friday and then did a bit on a Saturday. It wasn't, it wasn't really what I was in it for. I'd always, from being a kid, I just wanted to play. You know, I was, it was eating away at me. Um, and it affects your personal life it affects everything I was like getting at home I got I was ditching my wife I go do you want to go for a walk on a Sunday morning I can't think of anything worse than going for a walk with my shin on a Sunday morning I was like no and I was game ready and icing and I thought I can't I can't keep doing it and I've seen I've seen the physio at Derby Neil Sullivan at the time he had a little look at me and like Sully was like you're going to need a sustained period of time off it so we're going to have a chance like Obviously, the, the x-rays and the scans at the time hadn't really shown anything conclusive, but I knew something wasn't right. So, I'd had a couple of offers. Kid, uh, John, I'd spoke, John Eustace wanted me to go and play um, at Kiddy. He said, come back, he said, come, come, to, come back to Kiddy. He says, play. He says, and lead the fitness for me. He says, lead the coach in the fitness. But he says, you can, I'll, you, I want you to play as well. So, they're going to basically give me two contracts. I'm going to have a playing contract and a, and a fitness coach contract. So I went down to see Eustie, went down to see the, uh, the chairman, um, Colin Gordon, who, who was good mates with Graham Wesley, obviously I'd worked with previously so many times. Um, and it was great. They were, like, they were positive. They, they, had a, they had a plan. I got back out of the car and I was like, I cannot do that drive. Not every day. To work, to, to lead a session and then train. And I was like, I'll be dead. But Nuneaton rang me and said, do you want to come and head up our, our academy at 21s? And I was like, well, it wasn't really. I could have done that at Mansfield if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that offer. 
Um, I was doing a bit of Derby's Academy. I was like doing a bit in their foundation place. I was like literally at a crossroads. I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, and my uncle, my uncle was a, my uncle's a builder and he, he lives in, he, li- he lives in Ireland half the year and he lives over here. Mm. Um, and he was doing a job in Oakwood. He said, oh, do you want to just come and give me a hand for a couple of days? I was like, yeah, I do. Like got me out of the house. I was like, I'll come and help you. So I spent a lot of time just with him. He had no one else to help him. So just me and him every day. And the phone's going mad. It's like, don't, don't the phone drive you mad? So like, like, cause obviously people are ringing about what you're going to do. Football, phone's constantly going. I was like, yeah, it does. I said, well, so I need to make a decision like now, really. Anyway, Neil Sullivan rang me. He says, Burton Albion after a new fitness coach. And obviously I'd done, I was finishing off my A license and I was finish, finishing off my fitness qualifications at the time. And I don't know what it was. I just went, yeah, I'll go for it. It was just like, I'm going to go for it. It was just like, boom, spur of the moment. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing that. So I come in, I come into Burton, met the staff, met, met Matt Brown, who's obviously worked, worked with Nigel for a good few years, Gary Crosby, Andy Garner, Martin Taylor, Nick Fenton, who was the physio at Burton. I played with at Doncaster. We signed the same summer. So we were like, we travelled in together. We'd, we'd been roommates. We knew each other. We played against each other numerous times over the years. When when I was at Stevenage, Preston, when he was at uh, Rotherham and, and Grimsby. So it just fit. I just felt comfortable. It was 50 minutes from home and I just went for it. But I knew, I, 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 to be fair, Nigel said, look, I'll, are you sure you want to retire? Are you sure you want to pack in? I was like, I've had enough. I was like, this, this leg of mine, it's going to take me, I'm 32, 30, I'm going to be 33 next birthday. I'm going to have to wait a long period of time before it's to get right. And I, I've got like, no intention of, I said, I don't even know what level I'm going to go back into when I'm right. So he was like, okay. So Nigel was in America. So we, this is the conversation over the phone. Um, so I can, he goes, right, start. This is Tuesday. Start on Thursday. So <laughs> this is like typical night. He's like, well, he's like, everything's black and white. Really, isn't it? It's like, bang, we're doing that. So I was like, okay. So Thursday morning, bang, I'm in. Kit on, staff kit on. Um, leading a warm-up, fitness testing straight away. So luckily that had all been set up by the previous uh, fitness coach. So we did that. And I literally, he was firing me. He, he said, what is your, what's your experience with GPS? I said, well, I, I have played with it. And I said, I know, I know about the parameters of it. He said, like, just all you need to do is make sure, make sure you're up to date with it. And like, you can feed back what I need. So I was like, first month I was just battering this GPS, getting, learning it on the laptop every night. And you, it's one of these sort of um, tools that you self-teach anyway. Because you yeah. use it however you want to use it, so yeah. it can give you that much. It can give you that much feedback. You you could be there forever and a day if you want to. But he was like, "Look, I want this, this, and this," and, and I'll, I'll I basically self-taught myself how to, how to use it. Um, the other stuff was fine. The football stuff, I've been doing it for fifteen years, yeah. so I knew I knew what worked, what didn't work. I knew what I knew what the players needed to be hitting. Um, my biggest my biggest thing I needed to adapt to was I'd spent. 90% of my career in League 1 and League 2. Mm. So now I was going into a team that had gone up to the Championship, but they were I was working with players that were really of League 1 level to start with. So I was like, well, we've got to be fitter than everyone. Because we, there's no gimme here. We're, 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 we're going to be fine against the grade anyway. Um, but Nigel had planned pre-season. Mate, his pre-seasons are tough. They're proper pre-seasons. They're like, there's no hiding place either. It's either a distance or it's on the watch. So it's like... Yeah, you can't toss it off. 
Yeah, you can't you can't blag it. You stand out a mile. And it was like it was like I, I'd done these pre seasons previously and I was like, these this is gonna be tough. And we were fit. Get and I, like I've said all along, getting a getting a player fit's easy, it's keeping them fit, that's the tough bit. The ones that aren't in the team, the ones that get injured, the ones that have a dip in form, so they start tossing it off, hiding. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So again, good set of lads. The captain at the time was one of my best mates, John Massino, because we played two years at Stevenage, one year at Preston together. He's the godfather. He's the godfather of my daughter. He was living in my house when he signed for Burton. So he's like my best, my best, one of my best mates is here. He's the captain. So I've got, I've got an in straight away. I played with the physio. I knew Nigel previously from obviously he took Jake, he took my other best mate to Derby, so I had the connection, um, and I just I basically as as the weeks went on, I just I learned what the gaffer wanted at the time, how he wanted, how he approached things, um, and then the playing side he said he used to say so he said to me when I signed he said I look after you so I put you on a playing contract. He says, so you can he says, he says, you can play in the resis if you want. If you get fit and you feel okay, you can play in the resis. He says, you can go and play with the young lads. So I was like, okay, Gaff. I said, well, I said, seriously, Gaff, I don't think I can play. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not right. So anyway, um, a couple of days into pre-season, there was a player, sh- player short, a player dropped out of possession. He's like, oh, Bina, go and join in. Make the numbers up. Joined in, mate. Oh, my God, my shin. I was in agony. I'm basically limping around this possession session. I was like, Gaff, I can't do that again. I can't do that again. <laughs> anyway, I had a couple of weeks off it and got, got it moving again. We played Miklova Sports last pre-season. Friendly. He's like, Beardang, you're going to have to play for me, mate. Just give me 60, 70 minutes, he says, so I can save one of the pros, basically. I was like, okay, I get that. We don't want to lie. We're, going, we're playing Forest away on Saturday. Yeah. First ever game in the championship. Forest away. Um, my first ever game as a first-team staff member. And I'm playing at Miklova Sports on the Tuesday night. And we don't get injured. Don't get injured. Like, imagine that. Like, who's going to take the warm-up? I'm injured. <laughs> uh, anyway, played at Miklova Sports, got through it, but I could tell I was really, I was thinking this shin's not got any better. I've had, like, the summer resting. I'll get any better. And um, uh, we, went to Fo- we went to Forest, and I was like, I can't, that's it. I'm not going to join in any training. I'm not going to join in. And I, and I rested it for a good few months. But in that time, I had an X-ray. I managed to get an X-ray. And we had we had an answer, we had like a conclusive answer, and I've got this this that, that, that line again that was on the donut at the beginning. <laughs> and now I got it on a big sausage in my leg. I got like stress, stress fracture in my leg, and I'm like, and the guy, the, the, the thing is, I'll never forget the 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 surgeon, the consultant. He put the X-ray up. He went, yeah, it looks like there's nothing there. Flicked it on one, flicked it on a slide. He went, oh right, like that. And it's almost <laughs> like, yeah, obviously, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew my background or what I knew or what my job was. So he was like, he thought he was talking to Bill out the Bill out the pub. <laughs> so he was like, "Oh yeah, wow." He was like, "Yeah, that, that, that's, that's stretch fracture <laughs> like that." I was like, "Yeah, mate, that's been there for about eighteen months." Telling me, tell me about it. So he come up with some crazy stuff. Like he can, he talked about tibial nailing it again, my leg. And I was like, no, nah, 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 I'm not doing that again. This was my other leg, by the way. This isn't the leg I broke. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm not having that. Well, no, I don't need a tibial nail. And he said, look, there's a couple of bits we can do. He said, oh, you just, you just get by with it. I said, look, I'm, I can't have the surgery. I can't come out of my, the job I'm in. So um, I muddled through. I joined in the odd session. And, and as, it got, as time went on, it started feeling okay. 
you start feeling a bit better. I could join in if like that. I was playing and not thinking about it. Mm. Whereas before, I'd always like, that's not right. Um, next next summer come, I think I played played a pre-season game again in a couple of Birmingham Senior Cup games. Scored the odd goal. I'll tell you, like a running joke now. Like I was like, in, I was gradually play, training in more sessions. Mm. We were still in the champ. So like we were, I was never going to play in the champ. Um but I still joined in the session and played in the resis. First pre-season in League One, obviously, we've had a bit of a squad overhaul. We played back-to-back games. So we played Solihull on a Tuesday night, I think, and we played Alfreton on the Wednesday. But we got split squads. So we got yeah. sending 11 to one and 11 to the other. Gaffer goes to me, Bidham, how's it about? Because I'm going I'm to be there staffing both games anyway. You can go on the bench for both, and if you need it, you can have twenty minutes here. You can save one, of the, save one of the senior boys in twenty minutes. I was like, yeah, that's fine, Gaff. Like, if it saves an injury or it helps us in the long run, and it saves us having to take another body that doesn't need to travel. I said, yeah, I don't mind doing that. Half time in the Solihull game, I'm on. He's off. He's off. You're on. <laughs> don't even know if he was injured. I think we just dragged him off. <laughs> so anyway, play. So <laughs> this is, I think. Um, this is me, me and Benty. So me and Darren Bent are playing up front at Solihull. I'm the fitness coach and Benty's semi-retired yeah. uh, in this pre-season game. Anyway, I scored at Solihull on the Tuesday night. I scored at Solihull on the Tuesday night. The Wednesday night, we go to Alfreton. We signed a lad from Scotland called David Templeton. I get a phone call. Um, Temps it right. Temps it right. He's going to do a fitness test in the warm-up. Fitness test in the warm, but here we go. So the gaffers rang me, Beardo. Are you okay to start if temps isn't right? I'm thinking, well, I'd only played 45 minutes yeah. at Solihull. So I was like, yeah, I feel all right, gaffer. To be honest, I've like, done things right as well. I've learned a lesson by now. I'm doing yoga in the morning and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah I'm, you're basically retired. <laughs> yeah, I've retired. Yeah, I've learned. Yeah, I'm retired. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be, I should, I'll be all right, gaffer. Don't worry about it. So anyway, temps pulls out. Right, you're playing better. Mate, I've only scored again, aren't I? First half. <laughs> so I scored I scored on the Tuesday night and I scored on the Wednesday night. But I was like, got 70 minutes, I had to come off. My legs were like, because I hadn't, I hadn't played at this intensity properly for a while. Anyway, um, we, I, I come on a couple of times, we played Pompey away um, and, um, we we didn't we weren't a massive squad when we dropped down to League One. So it's like Beardo, look, you might have to sit on the bench and if anything if we get to the last five five or ten minutes, he says, and I need someone to go and head it, he says, I might just gonna put you on like either in front of the back four or to defend corners and do that for me. Like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I wasn't really gonna have to run anyway, I was just gonna have to play the game in my head. I was like that fine. So I went on at Pompey away. Uh played a, I think coming in an L D V Vans game at um crew just for like a couple of minutes at the end. And um, we went to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, quarter-final of the League Cup. So, up at the Riverside. Um, and for whatever, the gaffer, the gaffer wasn't there on the Monday. He had to go to like this big meeting in London. So, he spoke to me. He's like, this is what we're doing on the Monday. Very light session. Tell the boys, report time on the Tuesday. I'll be there for the Tuesday. Um, so, basically, it was like, a, it was basically my session anyway. It was like a cool-down session. Because hmm. we played on the Saturday. We'd been to Fleetwood on the Saturday in the coldest condition ever, mate. We had people like coming off with hypothermia. Big, like, like, like six foot three lads shaking. 
like I've never never seen any the conditions like it. And I'm thinking we're going to Middlesbrough in the League Cup on Tuesday night, like quarter final, one of the biggest games in the club's history. And I'm thinking we're going to have lads with the flu and all sorts. So we did a really light cool down session on the Monday, Tuesday, on the coach gaffer like talking on the way up. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So like plan. We, we knew what the team was anyway. And he was just sorting the bench out. Um, and to be fair, we had really good prep that day. Good hotel, good meals. The lads, the lads like had recovered well, slept well. And we got to middle, we're just pulling up at, at Riverside. He's like, Beardo, fancy going on the bench tonight? I was, like, <laughs> I was thinking, Lee Cook, but I was like, yeah, Gaff, I can do it. Like, I've got my boots, yeah. He, went, okay. he said, Mike, he says, like, we had like, we had a couple of lads out. I think we had Liam Boyce out. Um, I think we might have had Carl McFadstein out as well. Like, two two big players was two lads who were airily again good. Um, and I'm not sure if Fad, Fads might have played. Anyway, we had a couple out. And um, he went, um, I might put you on the bench tonight. He says, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Got in. Kit man, I bought my shirt. Really? <laughs> I bought my shirt, mate. Middles away, League Cup. One game, he doesn't bring my shirt. I was like, wow. Yeah, he didn't bring my shirt. But obviously, we went on and won, and it was like unbelievable night. Um Went on to play City in the final. So, yeah, that was my... Uh, up to date, that's my, like, mini Burton Albion career. <laughs> Maybe got my biggest moment took off me by the kit, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, so first, first team coach now, then. Um, yeah. The season starts tonight. It's obviously been weird, weird times at the minute. How have preparations gone? And, and, and how's Bucco getting on? Uh, all in all, obviously, it's been a, a massive... I think we're... we're nearly six months since a competitive game, it's, it's gone okay. We've had to obviously deal with the, the return to training protocol, which is crazy. Training in groups, testing, non-contact, social distancing, and then you build it back up to something that looks like football. Um, we've, we've had six or seven good pre-season games. We've managed to get through, touch wood, without a serious injury. Um, we probably need a couple more bodies in the building. Um, but we've we've been happy with the lads. We've we've not tried to you know invent the wheel since Nigel left. Nigel left us with some good quality football players. Obviously, I'd worked worked with him for four years, so I knew what Nigel was trying to install in them. And I'd obviously heard it from the other side, which always helps as well. Um, uh, and yeah, we're not we're not trying to we're not trying to change too much because we've had some we've had some success with the size of the club we've got and I think we just just need to tinker with it a little bit and and try and embed them new lads into it. Um so yeah, we're looking forward to it. The lads the lads are fit and healthy and you, you can tell they're ready to go. Like we played Warsaw last Saturday and the senior boys were like saying, Oh, we wish this was the first competitive one. Like and sometimes you get like I've been there as well. You get to the end of pre season you're thinking, I need a couple more games. I mean you know what I mean? I'm not there, I'm not there and they were like, We're ready. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready, mate. We're looking forward to it, and hopefully, we'll, we'll get off to a good start tonight. And then, hopefully, in coming weeks, we'll get some fans back in. Um, Jake, Jake's obviously he's 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 talked to it well. It's something that he's always looked at and planned to do. I think, obviously, I've known him twenty years from when he was a fifteen-year-old at Mansfield, and I was picking him up in my Fiat Uno. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We've we spoke a lot of football over twenty years, so if, if we're we're not on the same page, and we are struggling. Um, 
So yeah, we are looking forward to it, and we can't really. We we just want competitive football. As if, like anyone who's involved in football, like I hate I hate preseason. I hate the whole concept of playing games that don't matter. I I just I'd rather just ran all preseason and just gone into the game that, that where the points are the points are on the board. But yeah, it's been a long way. The boys are rich and we're ready to go, and, and hopefully we'll you know we'll get up and running, and then we'll get some fans back in and make it look like real football again. Yeah. What's what's success for Burton Albion this season in your eyes? What what's the? Uh, I think I, well, I think my, mine and Jake's philosophy is just try and win the next game. That's like the way I I was sort of brought up as a, as a as a kid, and and definitely when I've had when I had like the success we had at Stevenage through that period, we, we never got ahead of ourselves. So just try and win the next game, and and take every opponent as just for that ninety minutes. Because if you start looking too far ahead, or you, 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 you obviously your ups and downs, your injuries, your suspensions, and your twists and turns, like I said, like one little thing can derail it in football. Like so, yeah, I think if we can maintain that, don't get too down, don't get too ahead of ourselves, and just concentrate on the next game, whether it be League Cup, a League Cup game, a League game, FA Cup, or one of the big boys, or or someone that we're expected to be. I think if we can keep that approach, we'll be okay. Um, Burton's sort of it's, it's, it's very different to any club I've, I've been at in terms of the, the atmosphere is is very much all in it together um, it, it's trying to make that a positive if that makes sense it's trying to maximise that if that if that makes sense um, you know we're lucky with the training ground we're training at SGP every day so We've got the, probably one of the best training grounds in the country. So, again, we, we have to maximise that and, and, and use it to our benefit. Mate, it's been absolutely unbelievable. I could say, I know you've got a game tonight, so I'm going to have to let you go, but it's been like <laughs> two hours, but I could do another two hours. But it's been absolutely class, mate. Before you go, can you? Uh, it's been obviously a long career, loads of brilliant stories. Can you pick a career highlight? Um, I, I, think, I think winning a playoff final at Old Trafford is... It, it's takes some beating. I, I was lucky enough to play at Wembley in an FA Trophy game, and, and we lost. But we'd already won a league championship, so it was it was a bit of an anticlimax. And you shouldn't really say that really when you get a chance to play at Wembley. But um, Old Trafford, I'd never I'd never been there before. Never been to a game there. Never watched a game. Wasn't really interested in going to least. <laughs> but when you go there, mate, it is the theatre of dreams. It is a proper football stadium, mate. You walk down the tunnel and then the names and the... I think they have like a, they have league tables down the tunnel of when they've won the league and it's just like... It's crazy stuff, mate. It's just a proper, proper football stadium. And I remember going there that day and thinking, we cannot lose this final. There's no... We can't come away from all traffic losing the playoff final. We'd come... From where we'd come from as well, we'd come from like... Mm, bottom half of the table in January we'd not Newcastle out the FA Cup and I was thinking don't fall at this hurdle like, and we did we, we did we did the job on the day and, and like, I feel, I, I'd scored in the semi to get us there so that was that was nice but it still doesn't get away with when that whistle blows and you want to play our final um, I'm like the biggest advocate of playoffs ever and I've like lost I've lost finals and semis and penalty shootouts but it is the it is the best best thing about football it's the best thing to be involved in. As a footballer, you cannot beat beat play, playing in the playoffs. It's just it's a different different level of intensity, crowd noise. 
it's like everything you've worked for for nine months is on the table in like three games and then if you get to the final it's one game um, yeah I, I mean I've and four, four, four play, three or four playoff campaigns I've been involved in. Wow. And that was the one. That was the one, mate. That was the one that was like it was just uh, everything about it. We couldn't play at Wembley because Man United were playing at Barcelona, so we we got to win at Old Trafford. It was just class. It was just yeah. proper stadium, proper day. Um, it, yeah, it was. It was just one that I think in in that that successful period I had at Stevenage with them lads, it was just one like highlight that probably probably just stands out that bit bit more. If you can guarantee it, it is the best way. I mean as a Derby fan, I've obviously seen both sides of it, but if you yeah. can guarantee it it's the best way in it. Yeah, I was I was there I was there I was there for West Brom. Yeah. Um when 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 we won uh, Steve, Steve Pearson scored Dilly one nil. And obviously I was there I was there for QPR. And in all honesty on both occasions, not that I wasn't a Derby fan, I was more thinking about my, the success for my mates. Obviously, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, Campy was in, Campy was in and around the squad and in the, at the club for the West Brom one, and then obviously Booker was playing in in the in the QPR one. And it's, I I know I know that feeling and I know what it does, and I know like if you a playoff win and and it can change careers as well, especially at that level. Mm. Yeah, you you aren't working again, mate. If you win that, one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I am like anyone talks to me about I, what do you think of the playoff system. I'm like, mate. Yeah. If you don't, you're not a footballer, mate. You don't like it. If you don't like the playoffs, I don't care who you are, how much success or failure you've had. It's just like different. It was, and it probably took away a bit this year because there's no fans there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. No, I think I think it's class, man. I think it's it's, it's basically cup cup football in in three games. Yeah, um, yeah. you can't. I, I'd say that that'd be my highlight. Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you so much for that, mate. I know I've kept you for like too long. I'm probably going to get you the sack. Amazing class. And um, just finally, you need to um, need to give Wardy a contract because I get ten percent. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, he's an agent now, isn't he? I don't know. Apparently, Burton don't pay agents fees, so. <laughs> so, I, I spoke obviously after after you sent me the podcast. I, I listened to Wardy's. He's a good talker, isn't he, Wardy? Yeah, he's good, mate. He's a good talker. Mate. For like, a player, for a play, it's him and Campy, mate. We're a player, that, two players that play for Derby and Forest to come across that well. Okay? Yeah. Well, I think so, the, the bloke who's interviewing has got to get a lot of credit for that as well. Yeah, mate, like, asking the right <laughs> questions. Campy, I spoke to him, spoke to someone this morning. I said, Campy's probably the most misunderstood person in the world. He is, isn't he? He is the most misunderstood. I did say, if you walk around on your toes for 20 years, it's going to come and bite you in the arse at some point. Class. The, oh. thi- the thing is, I'm, I'm mad about, I spoke to him on Tuesday. I rang, I was on the phone to him Tuesday. And I wish I'd listened to the podcast before I spoke to him. I didn't start, I didn't start his podcast till Tuesday night. I was like, oh, I wish I'd, I would have batted him. <laughs> oh mate, was he was he complimentary about the podcast? Like, yeah. The thing is, some of the stories, some of the stories I was there for. Yeah, the, 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 the Vegas story with his cousin, I was there. Yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about. I was, I was in, I was on, I was on that trip, mate. And I was in and around him, mate. And the guy, he was like the cat that got the cream, mate. He was like, <laughs> he, we called him Frank Spencer, mate, because he just smiled for the whole duration. <laughs> Quality. 
Absolutely class, mate. Vado, nice one for that, mate. That's absolutely no cool. I'll see you soon, mate. I'll get that to a game soon. Nice one, mate. Yeah, just drop me a text. Thank you. Yeah, nice one, mate. Cheers, pal. <laughs>